You're listening to the YCA Podcast. This is a podcast created for coaches by the coaches. The Young Coaches Association is proud to present exclusive content from coaches, young and old, all across the state of South Carolina. The YCA Podcast was created to provide a platform where coaches can share their own thoughts and insights to others with the hopes of building a brand and growing the profession. In more simple terms, these are ball coaches just sitting around talking ball. Thanks for listening to the YCA Podcast. We hope you enjoy. All right, welcome to the opening kick of tonight's episode. Uh, I am your host here tonight, Cam Willis. I am in Fort Willis. My guy, Brett Fields, is going to be joining me here shortly. Uh, he's, he's at home going remote tonight. But we are going to finish up our positional series with tonight's episode, and we're talking specialists tonight. Um, so once Coach Fields joins me, we'll, we'll start talking to those guys. Um, we've got some special guests on tonight. A uh, good friend of mine, uh, Coach Sam Jones, he's, uh, he, he's a special teams coordinator and he coaches quarterbacks at Burns High School. And then, you know, we've got Coach Eugene Benton, who is the special teams guy at James Island. Uh, he works a lot with, you know, some, some different – he does some training, on, you know, on the side, stuff like that with some specialists, things like that. But these guys are going to come on and talk some special team stuff tonight. And, you know, that will kind of wrap up our positional stuff. So, uh, this is the opening kick, and we'll jump right into the first drive. All right, so we made it here uh, tonight. This is our, I believe this is our final episode of the positional episodes that we've been doing. Uh, we have made it to the specialist episode, which is a special episode. Uh, we got some special guests on here with us tonight. Uh, we, we talked about it in the opening kick. Myself and Coach Fields are kind of co-hosting this one tonight. We're going to take some notes. I've done a little bit of special team stuff, but not a whole lot, so I'm definitely going to be listening and paying attention. So um, our special guest tonight, uh, a buddy of mine, Coach Sam Jones. He is at back at his alma mater, right, Coach Jones? What's going on, man? Yes, sir, man. Proud to be back. Been back about three years and was born and raised in a small town, and you go play at Burns. That's what the, the dream was, and I was lucky enough to be a part of that opportunity. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad to be back. Yeah, so and, and we'll let Coach Jones kind of talk about some of his other stuff here, uh, you know, quickly. And we got Coach Eugene Benton, who is at James Island. Coach Benton, what's going on, man? Hey, man, glad to be here, man. I was uh, born and raised a Walterboro Bulldog, for those who may not uh, know that, because it's Calden County now. And um, this is my second year, going to my second year at James Island. I uh, did five years at Oceanside before that, and uh, really love really got a passion for uh, special teams and when you hit the when you hit the request I uh, jumped on it man and uh, got to meet coach Jones I'm really excited about covering this yeah absolutely and so coach you kind of go ahead and went into it so just talk about your background as a whole you talked about you know spending some some time at Oceanside and, and James Island just talk about how to you know what I guess like got you into the specialist did you play you know were you a kicker punter or whatever back in the day just talk about your background a little bit then we'll swing it to coach Jones yeah, I tried to be a kicker back in the day in high school, but um, one of my best friends actually um, from Walterboro still owns several state records, and he was just that guy. Um, so, you know, like a lot of people, man, I just was like, this is something I want to do. And physically, I couldn't, you know, I'm not, I was more of a baseball guy, but I was like, you know, I want to teach it. I want to learn it. I want to learn everything about it. I want to coach it. Um, when when Oceanside opened up, and, and not the first year, but the second when Chad Greer came on, um, you know, he was like, well, you know, what can you do? And I said, well, I know special teams. I really study kicking and punting and, and kickoff coverage, and, and, you know, the coverages and, 
um, you, know, you know, the return aspects. And I said, but I'm really, uh, I'm really interested in becoming a high school coach at this point, dude, I'll tote water bottles if necessary. Give me a job. And so really I started out, okay, well, you got kickers and working on special teams and that led to help. I be, by the second year became like chief of operations, including to that. And so it just kind of grew, but that was my way in the door was just, Hey coach, you know, I'll, I'll coach the kickers and special teams. I literally would like fill up water if I need to get ice, fetch and run stuff. But, um, so that's how I got started. And that was, uh, like I said, I did five years there, three with Chad Greer, two under Joe Cole. And then this is going into my second year at James Island. Couldn't be happier, man. I love what we got going at James Island. Coach McCoy came from a school up in Charlotte um, down here. He's like one of my closest friends now. He's my dude. Uh, our staff at James Island is super tight. Uh, the kids are amazing. And uh, it just uh, it, it's awesome, awesome to coach at James Island. The experience is something like I've never, never even felt before. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys did make a, a pretty deep run this past year. We kind of followed you guys a little bit. Uh, uh, just being down in the low country here, just, you know, I know a little bit about those guys. The more I've been here and, uh, you know, like I said, pretty successful. You guys had uh, a nice run this year and, and excited to have you on here. So, uh, uh, Coach yeah. Jones, so now swinging it to you. Talk a little bit about, about your background. You can go back as far as you want to. Just give us a little background about your coaching career. Yeah, man, I uh, got the opportunity to play at Burns through the decade of dominance and uh, – it was very clear that I was going to be five foot two and 130 pounds. So you learn to get on the field, you go kick a football <laughs> and uh, end up having some natural talent there that I really didn't know about to about my junior year. And then I had the opportunity to play one year of college ball and then had to discharge for medical reasons. And then uh, Chris Miller, who was still the head coach at Burns, called me up and said, Hey, I have a job for you. You're going to work with the running backs under Rick Scott and you're going to go do special teams. And I said, yes, sir. And uh, it was a great time doing that. I did that for about two years. Um, my brother was actually on the state championship team when I was the kicking coach. So it was um, pretty cool. We shared that memory together. Uh, then I went to a private school. We started football from absolutely nothing. There was no football there ever. Uh, spent six years there, ended up being the head coach there for a while. I was obviously the special teams guy. Had to get real creative when you have 17 to 22 dudes. It's a little bit <laughs> different kind of ball. But uh, we were everybody knew that they were wasting time when they played us in practice because they were working on special teams and uh, went to Spartanburg High School back when Chris Miller went back to go Spartanburg and spent three years there. And then I've been three years back at Burns and uh, we needed to uh, increase our special teams production. And this year was our best year. Our kicker won region, uh, kicker region of the year. Um, I think he made second team all state. He's going to be a senior uh, coming up. So he's got another good season upcoming behind them and uh we uh we made a, a little bit of a run we got down to Blythewood and he, he had a 42 yarder to win it and threw a touchback with the wind behind him I think there's 25 mile hour winds he's a touchback kid anyways but he left no doubt that ball was selling out so we uh we had the great opportunity to show our special teams this year so yeah for sure and you know excited to have you guys on here to talk about special teams and you know we're, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything uh you know not just kicking and punting but what you guys do as far as the return game and, and different things like that. So that, that's that's kind of the first drive there, a little bit, you know, background about our guests, those guys. So we're going to jump right now into the cover one. Uh, we'll just talk about one little thing here in the cover one, and then we might have time to jump into the two-minute drill before we 
take a quick break here. So, cover one, uh, one question, and Coach Jones, we'll start with you first. We'll kind of snake it. You know, you go first, then Coach Benton, then we'll go the other way. So, um, just just talk about the difference for your specialists when it comes to their in-season and off-season schedules and what might be some similarities or some differences. Yeah, so we have an off-season program manual and in-season program manual, and the kids always have access to that. I'm a big multi-sport guy. All my kickers play multiple sports. Um, some are playing soccer, some are playing lacrosse had one wrestle, so it was uh, pretty cool. Um, and I also consider long snappers part of my group, too. They're still my – they're my people, too. So, uh, we uh, we we worry about contact in the offseason and leg speed and flexibility, which kind of go hand in hand. So, we're actually not trying to kick more than 25 to 30 live kicks of practice. Um, and we have PES in the day, so we have a little bit extra advantage to do what we want to, but we are going to kick 50 to 75 reps of contact, whether that's with the ball, without a ball. Um, so it's really, we're trying to prepare in the off season and polish in season yeah. um, until there's a bad week. And then you go back to ground zero and, <laughs> and like, you know, just like a golf game, anybody's hit a golf ball knows if you don't have good contact, it doesn't matter. So we are, uh, we are very big in hitting the weight room hard making sure we are getting our contact and our form ready and definitely increasing our leg speed numbers. Sweet. Perfect. Coach Benton, uh, you can, and there may be some similarities or, you know, just talk about your differences between the end season, off season, stuff like that. Oh uh, yeah. There, there's a ton, ton of similarities. I'm a very contact guy. You can definitely tell we, we have a very similar uh, DNA. Um, you know, a lot of mine starts in spring uh, during the winter. Some of my guys are the nationally, you know, they're nationally ranked guys. They go to these, showcases whether it be in chicago or south florida or las vegas um so you know and it for me personally i can't work with any kid at james island but i work with the other kids um you know and my james island kids coleman and, and uh quinn and gray they'll go to charlotte and work with dan orner but it really starts in spring practice and and, and i know you're not yet dan dan's a great friend and you know so i'll send him my guys and, my guys will do spec ops with him once a month. Um, but in season, for me, what I start, this is weird. March is weird. So with March having practice, it's three days a week. I'll do a contact day. Contact on Monday will be our punt day. Contact Tuesday will be our kickoff day. Contact Wednesdays our field goal day, just because we've never had a March before. Now, once we get to May, which is spring practice, I'll start trying to get the kickers into their game week routine where Monday is your punt day. You start with your contacts. You start with your tap punch to the guy, almost like punt passing to each other. And they'll do 25, 50 of those. Then they'll do another, what we call thuds. And so that someone will snap the ball to them. They'll go heel to toe, two step, and just try to get the ball up with a nice contact to get it to turn over. Probably about 15 to 20, 25 of those. Um, I bought, I own a bunch of balls. We have several ball bags. So it's easier to get more reps if you have more balls. Um, and you're not fighting the rest of the team and the quarterbacks for the balls. Um, and then, you know, then we'll go live. You know, unfortunately, you know, like you, someone brought up earlier uh, when we were talking is the long snapper. Um, the long snapper is the key. If you can find a kid, preferably a tight end type build on your team, um, and convince them to be a long snapper. All you get, you teach them how to grip the ball, how to hold the position his butt, pop his thighs and shoot it. The dude will tight ends who can long snap 
are a gold mine right now uh, for the for Division One football. Teams are signing three people, but if you can long snap, you make the travel roster because they're not going to scholarship a long snapper at high school. But they'll scholarship a tight end who can also long snap. You might be the third or fourth string guy your first year, but you'll travel because you can long snap. And it's ridiculous to say, oh, well, he's got to hit the point six, point seven time. You know, we start some of that. Um, but so, so where I was going with that is we start to blend in our long snapper now on Monday. Since we do punt Monday, uh, the long snapper came over and he gave us. So we did all those punt passes and thuds and they'll snap each other to kickers and punters. Once we get to full live contact, we'll get our long snapper over and start shooting some missiles. Kind of get that. You, you want that almost a quarterback to um, receiver chemistry of where that ball's coming in to spin because they have to take it, grab it, find the laces so they can lay it down. So there's a little bit of chemistry going on. Um, and so that's what we start doing in the spring. Um, and, and also, too, some coaches do this differently. I know Coach Limbo at South Carolina has all of his specialists do the heavy weightlifting um, end of season through about July, meaning they bench press and do all the lifts with the linebackers and running backs. Um, I do – I consult a lot with Georgia and NC State. Um, I cut that – the heavy lifting stuff off about in april-ish um and we start more leg explosion stuff like if you get on the strength bands um and, and the things like that so i start transitioning them my high school guys a little bit earlier but if you think about it we start high school football in south carolina the second week of august they don't start like coach limbo until september 1st or a little bit after that so we start focusing on the transitioning with the weight training to more of the explosion stuff. I don't want my kickers, and this is a big – I don't know how Coach Jones thinks about it. Um, some schools and big programs even argue about this. I don't want my kickers after April trying to max out on squat. We're putting too much on their knees, and it's slowing the leg speed. I'm starting to focus on about April, leg speed, leg speed, leg speed, because that's a little bit easier to maintain – through December than it is strength when you have the, you know, the gruel of five, six days a week. Yeah. Coach Jones, like what, as far as the weight stuff, what about you guys? Yeah, see, I'm in a great situation. Uh, coach Caton, our strength coach, he was a head coach, uh, strength coach at Syracuse. He was at Baylor. He was at Indiana. So I have a guy who's an uh, unbelievable resource. And his son is also the long snapper. And, uh, <laughs> he long, he uh, he's been on multiple visits. He's he's getting looks for tight end, but he's also a phenomenal, phenomenal. Our operation time for long snapping is the best I've had in twelve years, and uh, I've had two or three you know guys in the past three years go. So uh, yeah, he he does a great job of looking at our numbers, and we we uh, we have every coach at every rack counting every rep, and he does a great job of pushing up, pushing down, whatever they need to be. Um, I'm very big on the bands. Uh, I call them Joey D bands back when Joey yeah. D came out with them a long time ago. That's probably about 15, 20 years ago. But uh, I think that is the biggest misconception that, you know, you do see, you do watch division one football and you see these huge kickers and that does help by all means. But if your leg speed is fast from a to B, um, you could kick it just as far as anybody else, just cause that velocity is so high. So yeah, I'm definitely, we're doing, you know, mountain climbers with bands. We're doing leg locks. We're doing just a little, you know, 
little even we'll even line up and do no contact drills we'll we'll have a ball against the wall and we'll take that band and have that contact just creating that muscle memory of what it feels to lock out and have that resistance so i'm big on the bands i'm big on the flexibility besides besides performance but protecting from injury because um you know kickers get injured too they they don't think about that um so one one thing i want to add real quick um uh, our, our guys do a lot of yoga um and we found that that gives them a lot of uh strength in their internal rotation and actually on friday um i don't know if you guys if you want to consider this coach jones on fridays we have a light team lift pregame um after pregame meal instead of doing the light team lift our kickers go out on the field and put um, like a towel down and they'll do yoga during that time and really get that internal rotation loosened up and ready to go. And then they'll start hitting the balls while the other teams, the rest of the team's doing stuff so that when the uh, team comes out they're you know, our returners, because think about it in high school, you don't have a four deep. So our returners are ready there to catch balls. They're ready to at least hit thuds. We have it timed to the minute, but I thought the yoga thing, I don't know if you've ever done it, um, but the yoga is really awesome for them to kind of get the get loosened up and getting that internal rotation set to hit some balls. Yeah, we, we have some yoga. They don't know that it's implemented. They don't call it yoga because that's not in, in, uh, in fashion over here. But that's, uh, <laughs> they, they definitely have some stretches in there they don't know. And uh, I don't know how you are. I, get a, I try to get a real good feel of the guys on Friday night. And um, also coach quarterbacks too, so I have a lot Ooh. to uh, to, and I'm in charge of all the technology. And uh, so, you know, I have a very routine Friday night, and I try to stick to. Um, but sometimes I get nervous about them being too warmed up and too loose. Like guys, you got to save your live kick. So yeah, I have a little, I have a little battle of you know when do we go out, when do we slow down, especially when it starts getting cold and you start playing deep in November. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely appreciate the the yoga, the stretches, all that stuff is great for us. Yeah. Yeah. That's, we take, go ahead, coach. I was going to say, we take the swing bands. Um, we actually stole one from Parker White. Um, we take the swing bands whenever we go. So, like tomorrow night, um, before they're ready for the competition on Saturday, uh, we'll get in the hotel and they'll do 100 punt drops. And they'll also put the swing bands to their ankles and tie it to the end of the bed. And just like you said, working on that locking out, just kind of getting those hips flowing, you know, before they go to bed. So that's all part of the spring stuff. Yeah, you, you guys are dropping a lot of good knowledge. We we've only got one question, and y'all y'all dropping all kind of stuff I ain't never even heard of. So, <laughs> so this will be a, a very informative uh, episode for myself. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't. Let's see. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're gonna come back and do this two minute drill. So hold tight. All right. So we made it back here. Uh, we are now gonna move on to this two minute drill. Uh, guys, two-minute drill, obviously we do script everything for you guys that you have a chance to prepare, except for the two-minute drill. You don't get to prepare for this. Um, so if you've listened, we're going to throw some rapid-fire questions at you. you got to answer them. Uh, we're just going to let you two guys go because Coach Fields and I pretty much answered all these questions. So uh, uh, Coach Jones, you'll go first, and then Coach Benton, you'll go second, and then we'll wrap on to the next question, okay? All right. Let's get ready. See if you guys can and can can get it under two minutes because it's been kind of a challenge for us, right, Coach Fields? We ain't, we ain't hit too many two minute drills. Not not much. No, <laughs> there there hasn't been a lot of goals hit here. <laughs> no, so maybe you guys can be the first ones to hit it under two minutes. So, all right, Coach Jones first, Coach Benton second, and then we'll move on. Ready? All right, two minute drill starts now. So, 
favorite fast food restaurant? Chick-fil-A. Bojangles. All right. Favorite kickoff return scheme? Oh, Vince Lombardi's old school wedge. That's illegal. Can't do the wedge. Um, oh, boy. Um, I'm a middle guy early in the season. There you go. All right. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Mountains. Here you go. Here you go, Coach Fields. Uh, go for the win or kick the PAT for the tie? Kick it. Never take points off the board. Kick it. Don't take points off the board. It's under one. It's in the graph. All right. Kick off wow. or, or receive wow. to open the game. You want to kick, kick it or receive it? I want to kick it. Kick it. Kick it. All right. Favorite hash to kick from? Uh, whatever side the kicker is, right or left, he's right, right, left, left. All my kids like the left hash. All right. All right. Fav- right they're afraid they'll hook it. Favorite pregame meal food? Oh, uh, sushi bowl. Okay. Kind of out there. Okay. Um, probably the chicken pasta that we have with the Alfredo and the broccoli. Okay. All right. Nike or Under Armour? Nike. Nike. Pizza or chicken? Pizza. Is it fried chicken? Whatever kind you want, Coach. Oh, give me some fried chicken with hot sauce. All right. Touchback every time or different types of kickoffs? Touchback every time. We're going long. <laughs> All right. One play to win it. Would you rather try to block a kick or be the team kicking it? Ooh, kick it. Kick it. All right. Last couple. One restaurant for the rest of your life. Where would it be? The Peddler Steakhouse. Lola. It's a New Orleans Cajun restaurant in North Charleston. Okay. All right. Last two. All right. Favorite kicker or punter all time? You can say both if you want. Uh, Andy Lee. Oh, boy. Um, oh, man, I know I'm going to kill the time on this one. Uh, my, I guess I'm going with Lutz. Lutz from New Orleans. All right, our last one. Favorite return specialist of all time? Oh, God, what's his name from Miami? Oh, I'm being biased here, but Golden Tate at Notre Dame. <laughs> oh. um, You're talking about Devin Hester, aren't you, Coach? Yes, Devin Hester, yeah, yes. Devin I like speed, speed kills. There you go. All right, that was a two-minute drill. I don't know. It, it, that'd be kind of close. I think we probably went over two minutes, Coach Fields. What do you think? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. So, you got you guys did all right. I, I, tried to, I tried to, like, stump you guys, but you guys pretty much were on the same page the whole time. So with the Yeah, they were rolling. Yeah. They were rolling for a little bit. Yeah, those were easy for them, so. The, the harder ones were the were the food and all that other stuff. So, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so that's the two minute drill. So uh, we got you know plenty of time. We're gonna go ahead and jump into our aired out segment. Uh, maybe I should have come up with a, like a, a a cooler name for the specialist guys for these. No, segments. I like aired out. You like the aired out? Okay. Oh yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, we're going to jump into the aired out. This is the meat and taters, as Coach Fields likes to call it. This is, uh, you know, we'll have some more in-depth questions, let you guys kind of talk through some of that stuff. So, uh, first first question, um, just kind of walk – and Coach Benton, you'll go first this time. I, I, so, Coach Jones went first last time. Uh, just, just walk us through your base techniques that you teach your players. That can be kicker, punter, snapper, or if you want to talk about something, then Coach Jones can kind of talk about some of the other guys. Base okay. techniques. Um, sure, and uh, – so it was basically some of the stuff we talked about a little bit earlier um, for kickers and punters. To me, it all starts with where on their foot, where on the ball. 
and that's going back to the contact. The initial, you know, where they initiate the contact with the ball, um, and then I'll advance to, are, is your leg locked out, etc. To me, it all starts with where the foot, where on the foot touches where on the ball. So we always start with the contact drills, even in pregames. Sometimes, if you ever turn on, you can see the NFL guys still taking no step field goals before they warm up for an NFL game. So we'll start with that, uh, the no-step field goal, no-step kickoff, and some taps on punts. If a guy feels like they're not getting a good enough contact um, on a ball, like, you know, maybe I'm turning inside, I'm not, I'm not feeling it right, coach, I keep chalk, big pieces of chalk like you get from the elementary school in my bag, and I'll put a dime-sized piece of chalk, like blue, um, on the ball on that little magical quarter-sized sweet spot and when they hit it on their black cleats, you can see where the chalk hit the cleats. You can see what metatarsal, and this is getting technical, what metatarsal in their foot is contacting the ball. So like on a punt, and if you can see my hand, it'll if it's flat, that's a no-no. You're going to get that four-second hang. To really get that punch, you're going to have to turn your foot and lock your toes, and you can hit those three huge metatarsals on the inside of your foot on the sweeping motion coming up and out. The chalk will tell you where you're contacting the ball. Um, but that's kind of some of the things we'll work on, you know, in, in the in the basics, you know, when we're getting back to the basics, which is also kind of a spring thing. Um, let's see. <clears throat> then I'll, I'll start to film. I'll film from the side, and I'll do it in slow motion in the 240, and that's so that we can get a better a kind of clearer view. What I'm looking for, for example, on punt, is I want to see if you can see in the video with my finger, are they hitting the ball down here or are they fully locked out when they're contacting the ball? That's huge. That's what gets your proper lift. Um, you know, I'm really trying to get into the, the metrics of it. I'd like to be able to afford one of that, uh, the golf system that they're using now. Um, I know it's so expensive. Um, and also too, on field goal, are they hitting the ball here or are they locking out? With field goal, I'm not as picky about, but where I'm very picky at is kickoff. Are they locking that knee and throwing that foot prior to contact because I want touchbacks? But to do it, you've got to get the ball at at least around a 37-degree launch angle. So I really study the contact, and that's where I put – Hush. <laughs> My dog didn't like that. Um, that's where <laughs> he heard ball. <laughs> and uh, so, <laughs> so I'm opening the door. He heard ball. My bad. He's a lab. <laughs> so, You're all good, coach. Yeah, we all got I, dogs. It's all good. And so, and so that's what I'm looking for. And that's the stuff I do. So I do the side, what you know, the side film and the slow motion and things like that. Because just like tonight, uh, Coleman hit probably 50 punts, and I filmed about 30 of them. Um, he's already looking at them with the stopwatch, timing his hang time. Hang time. His drop, was the nose in? Was the ball turned just right? Are you hitting the right panel on the ball? Are you coming up? So that's the kind of things that, like, you know, I'm really doing as far as the technique and basics. Um, but then I'm also – I hate to – I'll admit it because all the kids I train, they know it. They love me, but they know it. I'm a jerk, and I pick on everything. You like, is the first step too big? You know, are you punting the ball past two yards? Are you going heel to toe? It, are, you know, are your knees banging? Are you squeezing your uh, testicles when you're 
stepping because if you are, then that means your legs are coming too close in and you need to keep a straight stance because we call plays, we call directional punts. And it may be just a factor that we have, you know, Coleman as our punter and we can do that. And he kicked off last year and we have gray. We call directional. So when we call a directional punt, for example, right, the ball better go more than a 4-2 hang time, and it better land outside the hash. Hash to numbers. We really want the numbers. You know, and if it's the same thing for the left. So what I'm working on in all these, you know, um, practices is we're watching your feet. We're just watching your feet. Are you doing – it's more of like the muscle memory repetition stuff because in a game, no matter what you say, it, nothing gets through that helmet when the lights are on and the ball is snapped and maybe the ball isn't in the right place and it's just go time. So you're really hoping that the technique, the skill, and all that muscle memory kicks in by them. Coach Jones, what you got for us? Something a little different here? Yeah, I mean, Coach pulled all the science out, so there goes all those cards, right? Yeah, uh, he, yeah. He definitely yeah. knows all that. I'm going to go a little bit more of the mental process. And what I mean by that is um, I take this uh, – this acronym that I learned a long time ago, the four A's of football, you might've known it. Um, the first one's attitude, having a hard, hard working, positive attitude, no matter what, that's a big deal for a specialist. Cause it's a, <laughs> that could change a game pretty quick. And uh, that is something that's taken for granted. Uh, the second A is alignment. And what I see constantly that we're always dealing with um, and coach kind of touched on it is the kicker, is he having a good day? And then he starts backing up and he starts changing his steps a little bit. Or the punter shorten it and he's he's trying to really hang that ball, but he's shortening his steps so he can get his leg lock out. So I always watch very, very carefully how they align to the football. Um, the next thing's the assignment, you know, whether it's a touchback kick, whether it's a pooch kick, whether it's an onside kick. Um, we have a touchback guy. I think he was 88% when we asked for touchbacks this year. And um, sometimes we needed to pooch it and we got a big advantage because they're dropping back or we catch them off guard. And then in the, in the last playoff game, we had to hit a field goal. We had to get a onside kick and uh, we had to execute a punt all in the fourth quarter trying to make a comeback there. So it was very big to know your assignment. And the last one is adjustment. And I think this is something that's kind of underrated. Mm. And this is not for you young coaches listening. This is not being lazy as a coach. When you coach specialists, you have to coach them mentally and physically not to self-destruct but self-correct. And if anybody's – I know I keep giving golf references because that's what's, uh, you know, relatable to me now that I'm older and don't play any other sports. Um, you could get on a course and self-destruct really, really quick. But if you're teaching a kid to self-correct, then you've taught a kid – how to kick a football. You've been a good teacher. So we get in a game sometimes, and um, my kid Jacob, great kid, hardworking kid, he'll say yes, sir, before you can get done just because he wants to be a pleaser. And yeah. and sometimes I'm like, Jacob, do you understand what you're doing? And and he'll he'll take a deep breath, and he'll get back into it. And because I'm a booth coach, I get to see it from up top, but I don't see them till halftime a lot of times and halftime's a big ordeal <laughs> for the kickers too. That's our, that's our revamp. Like, Hey, we've been this right now. We're zero for zero. We got to go one for one with whatever we're doing. So, um, yeah. So the alignment I think is the most underrated, but most achievable thing you do, whether it's kicking long snapping, um, 
You know, we even have a punt where we set up. We actually – nine times out of ten, we snap directly behind the center. But depending on field position and what we're trying to do, you, if you watch a lot of colleges, they'll snap over the guard now. And yeah. they'll go to an overload side, and it gives you an extra layer of protection. And I have a snapper that can do that. So, um, you know, just doing little things like that to align. So, yeah. Is, is he for lease or sell or what? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> The offset snapper that can snap it through the A gap. <laughs> he's 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 for hire for whatever college says yes. <laughs> hey, so so real quick, guys, we're we're getting close to like taking a quick break here, but just kind of real quick, and Coach Jones, go first because you obviously you said you coach a different position as well, coach quarterbacks. So you each can answer. How much time do you guys get to spend with your specialists on a daily basis, like for practice and stuff? Uh, cause we're in fourth period right now. I see him for about 15 to 25 minutes, depending on the day. Um, and the weather's getting better. So, you know, we're getting, we're getting out there a lot quicker. Um, now we get to spring ball. Um, we'll have specialist meetings and then we'll go straight to warmups our everyday drills. And, um, I will work with the kickers for those first 15, to 20 minutes, lay out the practice plan. They know they get a text every, every day. This is what we're trying to accomplish. This is your reps. This is what you got to do. And then I won't see him for like an hour. And then um, Coach Shaw, man, I, I just have a great time working for him at Burns. He does – he loves special teams. He understands as a head coach how important it is. He spreads out different special teams during the practice, kind of break up the monotony, break up the competition, and he puts one at the end. Every day, every day we rep field goal at the end, every single day. Whether it's good, bad, or ugly, he makes sure we get out there and do it. So – I'll probably see them for less than an hour a day, but most of our work in the summer um, makes up for that, if that makes sense. So they already know the expectations. They know what they're trying to do. It's kind of me just polishing them. And then me personally, because I played the position not to overcoach them, let them, you know, be, let them have the feel versus real. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Benton, uh, you know, real quick, I got a couple minutes here, but real quick, talk about how much time you get to spend with your guys every day. Well, I spend a lot of time. I spend about an hour and a half with my guys, um, and I go through everything from the beginning to the end with them. Um, you know, fortunately, you know, we have a great coaching staff and, and coaches to coach other things, so I'm solely locked on just working on special teams. Now, when we go into full team special teams, like, you know, for full live punt where we got, uh, you know, uh, someone trying to block, someone trying to kick, um, we have multiple coaches involved in that. So I'll, I'll focus on long snapping, kickers, punters, um, and then uh, Coach Morris, who's, uh, you know, he focuses on the line and the blocking scheme and things like that. So it's really a piggyback effort. But, again, I'm with my guys probably one and a half uh, from the beginning to the end of practice. Um, you know, Coach McCoy also really loves special teams. You know, he always jokes that he's spoiled because he has an All-American – you know, two five stars and all this. And he's like, hey, I'm going to take every advantage I can get having this because we have a great team, you know, and this just makes it better. So he bought into it, which is awesome, and, you know, because it kind of like, I, I guess it pulls them in, you know, and also too, like you said about special teams, our guys don't leave practice. I know some high school coaches, they'll do special teams, the kickers will kick balls in the first 15 minutes and then they'll get to go home or go to their travel soccer thing. Coach McCoy doesn't do that. Um, he wants the guys, you're part of the team, you're full team, so you're here throughout the entire practice. And then we'll usually end the day 
with a full live team special teams. And again, like I said earlier, I followed the Georgia NC State model of, you know, punt on Monday, field, uh, kickoff on Tuesday, field goal on Wednesday, and then, um, you know, walkthrough. We'll start that in the summer as well, where it's a little bit of each, um, but not a whole lot of reps on Friday. I, and I will say this about kickoff because I know Coach Jones will be like, what the heck are you doing? Um, when we do um, walkthrough kickoff, they're at 50%. They literally like three-step kickoff. They're not swinging those hips. They're not exposing that a day before a game. Gotcha. That, that's, that's good stuff. That's kind of what I was definitely, you know, trying to get into there. So we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come right back into some more questions for you guys, okay? All right, man. Back here in the aired out segment, a uh, quick little break there. Um, Coach Jones kind of almost started touching on this. I how, almost had to, like, jump in there and say, hey, wait, 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 wait. But so he didn't get into it. So now we've made it to the EDD segment of, you know, the aired out part here. So uh, Coach Jones went first. Coach Benton, so – Obviously, you spend a little bit more time with your guys. You, you get to kind of specialize with them. Coach Jones has to coach quarterbacks and other positions as well. So, Coach Benton, talk about some of your uh, your EDDs that you do with your kids every single day. Well, you know, kind of what we what we classify under that, some of the stuff we talked about earlier with the taps, the stretching, um, you know, the no steps, the one step. I want them coming off their drive step. I don't know if Coach Jones ever looked at that. Um, for a field goal, where it's basically, I call it a one step, but they're just coming off their drive step, keeping that foot in the inside panel and swinging up. Um, and then I use this time, which some people may find unusual um, because of kickers and punters, especially in high school, you don't think of them as watching film. But I expect our film is posted in the opponent film when we share it on Saturday. I expect by Sunday afternoon that my kickers and punters have watched every special team's play that we've gotten from the opposing team, as well as ours from the last game. So I will actually use some of the EDD time. We've literally sat in the stands in the bleachers inside our stadium because we'll use the game field to kick on while the other teams, full teams in, in their EDDs and all that stuff on the practice field. And we'll go mentally, we'll discuss what did you see. If he was on the 30-yard line where – what did you see when that team was on this punting when they were backed up in the end zone? Did they, did they run what we would consider napalm with no returners and everybody blitz? Yeah. Coach, man, number five off the line comes off, off the edge. And I was like, cool. So now we've got them to think about who's the most dangerous man, the most dangerous man on kickoff return. I mean, I literally, now I get away with this with Coleman cause he's like my kid. I literally told him when we were playing bluffing, if you kick it to number three on a kickoff and it doesn't go in the end zone or five yards over his head, I'm going to break your dang leg. <laughs> so I can get away with that with him or, or Gray, um, which you probably can't with most kids if they're not like your own. Um, but so I get them. We use a lot of EDD time to go over the mental, like the reps and, and what you saw in film. Um, you know, and, and it really – here's where it paid off, man. Um, we played – against Irmo in round two. Irmo had a guy coming off edge to block a field goal, and we literally timed it. My field goal kicker texted us in the group chat, and he goes, that son of a gun blocked a 1.1 op time. And I said, that's scary for high school. And it came down to it, and I don't know if you guys follow along our whole season. I know you said you did. We went deep. Um, it came down to the last play of the game. 
two seconds left on the clock, left hash. I think it was a 29-yard field goal. Irmo called three straight timeouts to ice him. He did not come off the field. I'm, I kept doing this. He, he and, and Coleman, the holder, stayed out there, and he just swung on air. Every minute, every, every chance he could get, he would stretch, stretch his neck, stretch his arms, and then swing on air. And when that ball was snapped, we got it off, won the game. We had a 1.0 second op time to get the ball off, and the dude still almost blocked it. But so that's what we do a lot because, like I said, in the EDD, we we also, you know, McCoy will use we, – we have a pre-practice at James Island, um, which a lot of the bigger programs do. Um, and our pre-practice, quote-unquote, special teams is Wednesday. You know, so we'll get to do all the other stuff so that when I get the boys, just myself, like I said, we'll sit in the stadium for EDDs and do a lot of the mental, what did you see, kind of like almost like visualizing what, what's ahead. Coach Jones, what about you? Talk about some of your – I know it's different for you. Obviously, you don't get as much time, but what kind of stuff do you do with your guys every day? Yeah, so um, we always walk before we run. I think that's always kind of the mindset of kicker. So, yeah, after we get our stretches done, we go straight into to no steps, contact drill. We'll get into one steps, just like Coach talked about. We'll get to our full steps. Um, we rep a drill every day. Um, if you have really high field goals, um, you can use this literally from the back of the end zone or straight on the hash or close to the hash. Um, we actually try to hit the upright or top of the upright because you aim small, miss small, right? And if we're making that kind of – if we barely miss the upright there, we're going to be in good shape. So uh, we actually use that every single day. Um, when we punt, we'll put trash cans out there um, and, and stuff like that. Just little different things. But our everyday drills are literally the same except, like, one day we'll focus more on – we're going to do 200 drops on punt down the field and back. And 200 sounds like a lot, but it's, it's really not. And then, you know, we'll, we'll work on kickoff we were, you know, 35 onsides, okay? And um, in our region, we don't onside too much because, you know, it's a different type of ball. But then when you need it, you need it. So, um, you know, there's everyday drills, just like a quarterback, just like a DB, just like an O-lineman does. Uh, but it's walk before you run to get into your full step and knowing where your contact's at, knowing where the ball's going. And I think that really helps us. Now, you know, Coach has an advantage. He's got some guys that are pretty cerebral. Um, and his, I'm not knocking his method whatsoever, 100% works. I actually don't, I tell the kids, you can kick to this guy and you cannot kick it to this guy. But I don't like them watching a whole lot of film because I want them so goal focused. But <laughs> no matter who's out there, and if you can imagine week in and week out in our region and going into the playoffs, everybody is good. <laughs> um, so it's just one of those things that I kind of keep them narrow minded for that reason. And as part of that, it's just, Look, man, you got to get you, you just got to do better in your contact. You got to stand up with your chest. You got to open your hand. So just doing, you know, form drills every day. I, I try to emphasize. All right, Coach Jones, we'll go ahead with the next question here. Uh, we're talking about live reps. So managing live reps in practice. Um, how much do you value that live rep versus non in special teams? And we're talking any area of special teams here. Coach Jones, you want to go ahead and start us off? Yeah, man. So uh, I kind of got this from Clemson. Uh, uh, Coach Spires, I have a great relationship with, and 
Um, their assistant head coach, he's a special teams coordinator there at Clemson. They do a great job with a lot of their stuff. And, uh, you know, VT Potter, you know, has obviously been phenomenal. And uh, a lot of other guys have come through really good at Clemson. So they rank um, how they're going to do their reps throughout the week. And we kind of adopted that this year and actually appreciated it. Uh, it's not that special teams don't matter. Please don't hear that coming from a special teams coordinator. But we rank it as punt is the number one special team. Kickoff is our number two special team. Uh, kickoff return is our third. And kick uh, uh, punt return is our fourth. And field goals just every day. That's not even in the ranking. We just have to do that every day. So the reason that's important, we spend a few more live reps. We boo punt every single day, and we throw everything we can at the kids after a certain point because you hope not to punt a lot. But guess what you're going to do in some games? You're going to punt a lot, okay? And um, – you know, uh, our punt returns third, our kickoff returns fourth. Uh, we our defense is really good, so guess what? We don't get a lot of kick return reps, so we don't we don't practice that a lot till we get deeper right. in the season and we've accomplished other things. So, I would say the first six weeks of season, starting from the very first eligible day, since we don't do two days anymore, right? From the very first eligible day, we are walking through reps for two weeks. Then the next two weeks of that six-week period, we're having as many live reps and throwing three and four deep. Now, we practice all together from ninth grade to twelfth grade. So when one team's working punt live, the JV team or the C team, within reason, right, you know, we're not out there being crazy, uh, is working a live rep on the on the punt block side. So we're actually getting both done at the same time and nobody's getting left behind, and we're creating depth. And then you'll have those nights, you know, where somebody's hurt, hey, you're not playing on Thursday night because you know what? You've gotten so many reps on punt block. You're going to play on Friday night because we need you. So we really created depth. So I love live reps, but we don't really get deep into it to about the third or fourth week. And then by the time we get to end of season, everybody knows what they're doing. You're trying to stay healthy. Everybody's got a shield. Everybody's got a pad. Besides doing our special team circuit, which I'll get into later, um, we do a, we're a circuit-based team. We do that really well. Um we, we love live reps, but once you know what you got, we just try to keep the mental reps because of all the, you know, banging up and, and, and the depth you try to create. So uh, the live reps are very big. I love taking volleyballs, making the, the JV kicker try to kick it against the varsity punt. It makes him better. It makes them better. We take it off his foot. We use a crash pad sometimes. Um, but live reps are important. It's a fine line between uh, – you know, what's expensive and what's cheap, right? So uh, I do love – now, every day at the end, every day at the end, Coach Shaw does a live field goal reps, live field goal. Sometimes it's five, sometimes it's one because you just don't know what you're going to get. And we always try to we always try to mix it up what kicker gets that, not just a starting kicker. Yeah, Coach, uh, what about you? Go ahead. So live at James Allen is live. The boys call it lit, the lit period. Um, the whole team's either watching or participating. I mean, it's like a game situation where everybody's either on the sideline, Rob the robots printed out this nice field for us on the grass, um, and our head coach is locked in on as well, you know, during the live period. I mean, Coach McCoy, he's a coach, head coach, so I'll give you your rope. You go coach your unit. But when it, when it comes to live special teams, man, he'll literally walk through either the huddle He's walked up right between the snap and the hold and the kicker just to distract them before, just to cause that thing. And so um, 
you know, we get a lot of live reps and it's expected to run perfectly. Every rep is expected to run perfectly. And he'll like kind of just walk around as like this overseer and pick out something that he doesn't think is perfect. So we'll try to, you know, try to fine tune that. Um, Live reps for James Allen. We believe in adding extra pressure. It's got to be because you try to simulate a game as much as possible, and it's very hard with special teams compared to other facets of the game. So, for example, when we were trying, when we were doing field goal in field goal block this season, we knew we had two great five-star field goal kickers coming in, uh, you know, for us. So it was like, well. We, what can we do to add pressure? And so we literally lined up as many as 14 guys on defense trying to block kicks. And that was putting pressure on the snapper, the holder, the kicker, the line, the assignments, not falling for eye candy on the line, you know, and, and chasing ghosts, you know, the punch in, punch out, or do I just punch in? You know, do I worry about the guy coming around? Um, and so we live throw us, like I said, is almost like the kids call it the lit party. You know, we call it the feds. You'll be fast, efficient, determinant, and strong, you know. So they call it the feds when they break the huddle, the feds. Um, and so, you know, we had a guy, you know, Gray Dangerfield is a sophomore. He's ranked number three in the country as a kicker. Um, he hit a 48, 45. I mean, he can bang the crap out of the ball. And during practice, right before, you know, the last playoff game, he went nine for ten. He missed a 54-yarder in tall grass, kicking out of the grass, and coach was in his butt and was like, look, man, you got to be perfect. So what we try to do in these in these situations, like I said, and we hold our specialists to practice all day. They don't get to go home early or, or go to soccer practice. Um, it's just create pressure on them. you got to create the mental pressure. I've been known to bring pool noodles and flap them in the air or throw a ball past them. Or something else to distract them. Also, too, you dip a bucket. You take a five-gallon bucket with water, and you dip a, the ball in the bucket. A little bit slippier. <laughs> See? A little bit slipperier for the snapper and the holder. Um, and so, you know, and all of that is, you know, I just, I really, I spent some time, or, or I went to the camp and, and the kind of pseudo clinic with Coach Eckler at Tennessee. He's a special teams guy. I think he was at Georgia before that. And he said, look, man, here's the deal on special teams. This is why special teams coaches get flipped around so much. You're either good and you get to go next year, meaning your contract gets renewed, or you're not, and they bring somebody else in, like some you know really good running back coach, but they want to give him an extended contract, so they, oh, well, now he's special teams coordinator. Because a coordinator, you get the extra, deal, uh, extra years on your deal. So he said, here's the mantra at Tennessee. One shot, and everyone screams one kill. He said, sometimes in the game, you got one chance to make a field goal. You got one chance to make a big punt out of the end zone. You got one shot, one kill. It sucks because a quarterback can go out and throw 30 passes. If he completes 22, 23 of them, everybody says, dude had a good day. If the kicker goes out and has a field goal attempt and he goes 0 for 1, bad day for him. So we put Coach McCoy has turned up the pressure and, you know, with the when the rankings came out this year, you know, and with Coleman and Gray, and he said, look, and I told one of the writers, I was like, dude, you're trying to get me fired. You got me and the Greenville coach up here. Like, what you wrote about, I cannot live with the expectation. Coach was like, if you can't stand the heat, get out in the kitchen. It's the same thing you teach your kids. 
So live rush for us is lit. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I like that, man. We uh we actually and I forgot to touch on this earlier. We have a subculture within our culture. So the special teams usually has its own <laughs> identity. And uh, if you've been around some good teams, obviously the only thing we could be this year was Top Gun. So we had the mustaches. And every week, the player of the week, I bought 15 sets of aviators. And, you know, they're they're not, you know, they're knockoff sunglasses. But every week it was a big deal to have your mustache and your aviator. So, uh, you know. I love it. I love it. I can't come up with something like that. I love because you're right. We do have a subculture. You are correct. And it's kind of if you don't have one, guys. If you're a young coach trying to figure out how you make special teams special, I'm not a rah rah guy. But when I put on aviators and I dub the Top Gun theme, and our O line coach is cringing because the song's on in the corner, and I'm playing it louder and louder just for him. You know, it, it just really gets the guys together. Um, so each week I gave them what we called a dope sheet. Okay. And I, and it obviously has periods after each letter, but um, I read this in a book and I encourage young guys, you got to read, man. I read all the time. I read, you know, maybe five to 10 books a year, which is not a lot, but it's enough for me compared to all the reading we have to do as educators and teachers. But a dope sheet is what snipers, world-class snipers use. And it's, yeah. it's uh, it stands uh, stands for data on previous engagements. So each week they get mm. one sheet front and back about each special team. And it's just a small highlight about what we have to accomplish, what has to be our operation time. And some of that stuff, you know, is redundant, stays the same. But I hand out that dope sheet. So when you get out to practice and that kid's got that jersey on with that kid's number on it, this is who we're attacking. And if he's not yeah. in, then we know who's, who's going the other way. And, um, I will say this, man, I have no problem admit when I'm wrong. I've had many of opportunity to do that in this, this career I've had. Um, but we didn't do a great job, and it's personally my fault, nobody else's, of situational, odd situations. So, uh, an example, we got down to Blythewood. We're up 21-7. We're moving the ball. We're having, you know, a good, a good day, and we pretty much have this thing in hand. And guess what happens? They block a punt. The only punt I have blocked all season, okay? And honestly, we didn't do really anything wrong. The only thing that got us, it was in between a quarter switch, so the ball's on the hash. They didn't flip it to the other hash on the other side. So our kid goes out there and gives the wrong call to the wrong side of the overload. Guy reaches around, reaches around the shield. I've never seen it and blocks a punt, and the operation time was great. He stepped straight. It's just one of those things, guys, where you yeah. just messed up. So that led to make it 21-14, I think. They uh, they kick off. Well, everybody's like, should we be onside or not? I was like, we need to be conscious of it. So we scooted our lineup five yards. So they chip it over our head. Um, our returner was not in the middle of the field because he was trying to get the call. And we bobble the ball. And we do not knock it out of bounds. We're literally standing at the out of bounds line. And oh, touch on that. Sh- yeah, so we can, you know, unless the other, unless we gain possession and the ball's coming close out of bounds, we teach our kids hit it out of bounds because it's still our ball. Yep, it's and still our ball. Flag. Yep. Yep. So understand that we did that. Then our defense had to make a stop, and then we had to go kick the game with a field goal. So it all worked out, but we never should have been in that situation. So we were repping situational each week, but that is one situation I didn't um, rep. And now, guess what will never happen as long as I'm the special teams coordinator at Burns High School. We will rep that situation. So uh, 
situational is really big. And um, we run a special team circuit every day. Um, one's a focus on kickoff, one's a focus on punt. I have every single player, including linemen, um, working inside 120 yards on some various form of special team. And luckily, I work with a great staff. They're all high-class coaches. They they are beyond knowledgeable in what they do, obviously, being um, at 5A football um, in the upstate. So we delegate, you know, circuit drills and – um, different things there, and I get to walk around and fix. One week I got to fix the shield, and the next week I got to fix the trail drill, and the next week I got to fix a void opposite drill. So, you know, it's just, you know, fine-tuning that. So I think before you even get to live reps, you've got to have the ability to rep the fundamentals to get to live reps, and when you get to live reps, you've got to figure out what is important each week, and coach is a special teams guy. We spend more time watching special teams film. Maybe the head coach spends the next most time, right? And nobody else does because <laughs> they're so worried about their job. So um, I would say situational um, live reps would be pretty key once you know who you are, what you got to accomplish, and what you're playing against. Yeah, and real quick, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and you guys can keep rolling because you are talking about some good stuff. So let's take a quick break. We'll come right back. Back here, um, we had to take a quick little break there. Um, you guys were talking about some good stuff. So we're going to kind of close out the aired out segment here. Uh, where we're going to kind of move into, you know, expectations, uh, the recruiting aspect of, of high school kickers, punters, things like that. So, uh, Coach Ben, you're, I'll let you go ahead and start this thing out. So, how do you manage or temper expectations for high school kickers, punters? And, and like I said, you can talk about recruiting rankings and, and that side of the high school, you know, kicking aspect if you want to. Go ahead. Well, one of the things, that, and I think Coach Jones will know, because he had three guys that went um, uh, our five, our Division One two power fives and one group of five. Um, and it's very hard. And I will say this because I have two five-star kickers and punters. One's ranked number three in the nation. One's been ranked as high as two or one or, or nine, depending on a four, depending on the service, right? There are two major national recruiting ser ranking services for kickers. Much like receivers and quarterbacks have like the rivals and the two, four, seven, and on three, kickers have Coles being the largest. Um, that's run by Jamie Cole. He's a good guy. Coach Radke, he's an awesome guy. Um, and then there's Chris Saylor, who's coming to Charlotte this weekend. I'm actually leaving tomorrow night to take some guys to kick with them in Charlotte. Um, and then there's Coach Corn Blue, who's out of South Florida, who also has ties to the Midwest. Um, one of the things with the rankings is this, that it's good. I will say that it's good. It gives you a chance. You can be a dude in Charleston, South Carolina, and you can meet up in Atlanta, or you can. My guys go to Chicago, they go to Dallas, they go to Vegas, they go to South Florida, and they will go and compete against whatever group, what the best of the best. But here's the thing that I thought was useful with Coles is in Sailor and all these, and, and as the ranking is, a guy from Charleston, South Carolina, you kick a ball 72 yards and average 4.2 seconds on a hang time you're compared against a guy from California. Um, and, and to me, I think it's a fair way to compare dudes. It's much like a receiver who runs a 40. You got a dude who can run a 4-5, you can do who runs a 4-3-5. And everybody's going to know, well, that 4-3-5 has a chance to move up. So, you know, I put my guys in these competition and I make them go. And I think that's a somewhat fair way to compare kids from across the country and it gives a dude from Charleston, South Carolina a chance to compete against a guy from Iowa. Um, 
and but I but the problem is the cost and I think that's unfair um you know and, and a lot of the kids who who make it up as kickers come from affluent backgrounds and that's the issue I have a problem with um and I will say this about coach Orner as I mentioned Dan Orner up in Charlotte uh, multiple times he's told me if you got a dude in your area that you work with personally and can flat out ball, let me know and I'll waive his fee. Let me know. And I thought that he's so genuine with that. And because um, I'm hosting, helping him host a camp, and I was like, hey, I got a kid that goes to school with my daughter. He's a soccer player, but he's the kicker for the football team. I mean, it, I don't charge him for personal training because he has to pay it out his own pocket. And Dan texted me and was like, dude, don't worry about that. Like, it's covered. And but so that's the problem. And that grows into the recruiting thing. I talked to an SEC coach uh, two weeks ago, and he said this. When it comes to kickers and punters, we know to get the ranking, they have to travel the country. We know most of them come from money. We know that all I got to do is offer a guy in state a PWO and he's going to take it for the in-state tuition and a chance to be at my team. We're the only SEC team in my state. It is not South Carolina, so let's just knock out Coach Limbo. Um, It was an SEC West team. He said, however, on the other side of it is, for these kids to be traveling the country, we follow their Twitter. We follow they want to camp in Vegas, and then the next weekend they want to camp in Dallas. Then they want to camp in Atlanta. We know they come from money. So all we know is we can offer them PWO and some academic money, or like Auburn's talking about, instead of offering your kid an athletic scholarship, we'll NIL them and give that athletic scholarship to a D lineman who doesn't have as much means. But what do you care as long as the balance is zero at the end of the day? So that's the new thing that we're dealing with the recruiting. Add in now if your kid's a punter, like one of my guys, you know, their colleges are now not even signing high school kids. They're signing 25-year-old Australians who've played Australian football for five years. It's not fair, but it's happening. I feel like if Australians were playing quarterback and we were losing 50 spots for quarterbacks a year, someone might be upset about it. But unfortunately, it's going down to the specialist. In, in a sense, no one cares about a specialist, in a sense, until you need them, until you need that game-winning fail goal, until you need that punt to pin them. Look at the South Carolina-Clemson game. How much of a difference did Kai Koger make in that game punting for South Carolina? I really think he helped them win the game. Um, so recruiting is that part. There's also the parent part. Parents quite often are coming from tribal soccer parents, and they expect pay-to-play. They expect pay to get my son on a roster. Let me be real. It, for to go Division One Power Five, because I see this all the time on Facebook, um, and this is the blood guts and, and Coach Jones. This is the, the the real side of recruiting kickers, as you experienced, just like I saw. You see all over Facebook and Twitter. My little Johnny was out kicking 45-yard field goals as a sophomore. Somebody tagged Dabo. Somebody tagged Coach Beamer. Let me be real with you. 
Dabo Sweeney signs a scholarship kicker every four years. He does not break that rule. He broke the rule once. Nolan Hauser, who trains with us, class of 24, is coming in on a full scholarship. Nolan's sister is a full scholarship soccer player. His dad was on the baseball team. His mom was on the volleyball team. Nolan can kick the ball at the gym. He already had four power five offers coming in. He was the one exception in Dabo's whole career as head coach at Clemson, not offering a college scholarship every four years. He will do a PWO every year since, you know, in between. And that is it, period. South Carolina, same thing. It's about three to four years. They will offer a scholarship. Don't care if you're little Johnny's number one in the country. They will offer a scholarship one to three years. PWOs, you can try to win the job, whatever. And most schools are like that. They're only going to offer a kicker or punter every three to four years. And that's it. It does not matter if little Johnny can kick it 45 yards. And 45 yards, so today in high school football, 40, uh, what is it, 50 is the new 40. As the, the reverse TikTok language with the ladies about 40 is the new 30, 50 is the new 40. If your kid can't hit 60 yards off the ground, junior year, going into senior year, that's not power five leg speed. That's not strength, that's leg speed. And as Coach Jones talked about earlier, that's what you need. Franzone Coleman, he was hitting 55 yards as a freshman off the ground at University of South Florida. He is the All-American. He averaged 44.5 yards net punt last year. I mean, he's banging 5-0 hang times, you know, and he has no offers at, the, at present. Now, a lot of schools are talking to him. Oklahoma, Duke, Wake. University of Florida had him down, Auburn, you know, some great schools. No one's offered him. If he was ranked number two in the country as a wide receiver, he'd have 50 offers. So that recruiting is not what parents think it is just because little Johnny can hit a 45, 50-yard field goal in practice. Also, too, kids will post film, oh, I hit a 55-yarder today. Well, the sound's off. You can't hear the wind. Plus, college coaches do not care. They want to see you in camp hit their balls. Apparently, there's a new trend with stuffing helium in balls to up your, you know, hang time and stuff like that so that you can sell it on Twitter. Coaches don't care. Auburn looked Coleman right in his face. And I love Coach Burns, love Coach Montgomery. So does Coleman. And they were like, you know what? All this is great. You have awesome film. We love your stats. But you got to come here and hit Auburn balls before we make a decision. Limbo said, Coach Limbo and I had a great conversation last week. He said, love Coleman. Send me his May practice schedule. Want to come down and see him. He's on our board, but I really want him to come to the full camp instead of a private workout because I want to see last man standing. I want to see the competition hitting our balls in our house. And the specialist camps are usually most expensive. Your receiver, you go to South Carolina, you pay 30 bucks. You're a specialist, and you go to Coach Limbo's camp, you're paying 150 And that's not South Carolina. That's everywhere. Coach Spires runs a great camp at Clemson. For those cats who want to sign up, all power to you. But I'm going to tell you, every four years, there are eight dudes that they get a selective invite, and Coach Spires will watch them kick for a little bit. Then Coach Sweeney comes in for the final evaluation. He's looking for who can hit the biggest ball. Uh, two years ago, when they offered the kid um, – out of Florida, William Gunn, he hit an 88-yard kickoff. The ball landed on the hill where the players run down, and he got the scholarship. 
He didn't even win the field goal competition. He went eight for 12. Brady McAllister went 12 for 12. And the last field goal was 60 yards. But he had an 88 yarder, and that's when Coach Swinney offered him. So for the parents that think, you know, and, and the players and recruiting for a specialist, I'm going to tell you this. It, it, if you really, if your goal is to be recruited, find a different position, period. Go play receiver, go play defensive back, spend all that money on a track coach and teach you how to run and, and move your hips. If you want to be a specialist, just know it's a grind. Just know you're fighting an uphill battle every single day. And you've got to market yourself. I tell them, it's not bragging, it's branding. You've got to put film out. You've got to hit up coaches. Coleman sent out 175 emails in January to every coach across America, dude. Every coach. And it didn't matter if it was the head coach, offense coordinator, defense coordinator. Well, he did a lot of defense coordinators because he punts and kickoffs. You know, special teams, analysts. You go on their website. You find, like, all the people associated. Recruiting coordinators. You go to, like, you find the dudes at the bottom of the list. And ladies, University of Wisconsin. And, and that's who you hit up and send them all your film, your transcript. And you better have a better than a 4-0 transcript because they are not toting you as a specialist because you're a GPA booster. Yeah, I mean, coach, coach is spitting some fire at us right now. That's that's definitely some some stuff, and, and a lot of people don't like they don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that stuff because it's it's real, uh, you know. So you know, coach, coach Benton's definitely throwing some stuff out there. Um, you know, Coach Jones, just talk about maybe a different you know aspect as far as tempering expectations for your guys, or, or you know whatever you know involvement you have in the recruiting process for those guys. Yeah, so to kind of add on, he started touching into it. The way to combat some of these issues, and it's probably going to get worse before it gets better, right? Yeah. Um, you need to flood it, man. I tell our kids all the time, you know, I've, our kicker had four or five offers this week. Some are big schools or some are small schools, you know, just to come out to camps and said, you're going to go do it. We're going to find a way to get you there. And um, yeah. you got to you got to flood the system, man. There's, 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 if you want to play ball, there's a place for you. There's just different roads and different – some are straight, some are curvy, some are uphill, some are downhill, they're back uphill, right? So flood the system, man. Just don't take any opportunity for granted. And, um, you know, if you really want to get recruited, if you really want to do it, just how we talked about the tight ends and being long snappers, if you're a field goal kicker, you need to be able to do more than field goal kick. Mm -hmm. If you don't like to punt, you better figure out a way to do it. Um, yeah, I remember my personal college experience. I stepped out there, didn't have to worry about the the, the scholarship aspect of it because I had enough money for whatever I needed for education. But the fact that I could combo kick, what I went there for, what I was recruited for, I was third on the depth chart. But what I was backing up in, I ended up being first on the depth chart, and that paid my way. So yeah. combo your kicks, man. You know, oh. um, and you know. We, we haven't really talked about it because they're specialists too, but holders, man. Ah, um, I was about to say that, yeah. It's it's trickled all the way down from the NFL. I think I mentioned earlier Andy Lee was one of my favorite uh, punters. He's He went to, um, I think, West Oak High School or Pendleton High School. I can't remember. <laughs> down in that area. He played at Pittsburgh. He's an eight-time pro bowler, and he got paid to punt, and he got paid to hold in the NFL. And mm -hmm. he doubled up. And now, you know, punters are athletes, man. They're athletes, if anybody's noticed. And uh, 
you know, because he comboed it, it, it expanded his horizons into what he has. And, um, and coach kind of touched on it earlier too, especially when you get into these high power five conferences, these guys have every bit of social media, every bit of recruiting test, personality test, everything that they, they already know who you are. Yeah. They want to see it in person. So body language and relational and first impression, which I know it's not fair to always go off of, but your reputation is given or earned, right? When you go to these camps, you better be shaking hands. You better be in relational because all these recruiters, you know what they do? They talk to the other recruiters at the other schools and they have relationships too. So, yeah. you know, it didn't work out here, but I know this guy needs this guy. I had that conversation this week. My kid has a dream school. He's going through his eval there. But if that doesn't work out, I already know two other schools that are looking for a kicker. But it comes down to flooding it, man, to being a combo. And the biggest thing's timing. And it's yeah. it's not fair, but the timing is the timing is so tough. I mean, you know, you think about NFL teams. When's the last time you've seen a kicker kick for 10 years in the NFL? It's just it's it's tough to see unless they're very, very elite because kickers are getting better and stronger and um, you know, I used to train. I trained with a guy. Um, we had the same kicking coach. You'll probably remember a guy named Richard Jackson. He, for a while, had the longest field goal in the state of South Carolina. I think yeah, he had a 64. Uh, coach, I was. they were playing against us in that game. I witnessed that live. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I appreciate that. Uh, that was not intentional. That was not intentional. He broke my but, guy's uh, goals record, yeah. So uh, he, could, he could hit a ball forever. Then he got to Clemson, and he didn't have the greatest career. Um, and, you know, just because you hit the long ball does not mean you're the guy. I think that's a misconception, too. you got to be able to hit the long ball, and you got to be the guy. Yeah. So, I think during the two-minute drill, we both answered. We wanted to kick the field goal because I think it's in our DNA to say, hey, we want to control the destiny. Give the ball to me. Yeah. You know, just like, you know, I'm sure Marshawn Lynch, which he had the ball in, in the Super Bowl, right? That's the same way we want our kickers. Um, so, the recruiting process, there's more resources than ever. I think there's less spots than ever. Yes. But you've got to you've got to flood it, you got to combo it and you've got to make sure you show up on camp day with something I don't want to say to set you apart but to verify who they think you are. And and, and to touch on that, you know, that's why we teach the guys to do multiple things. You know, like Coleman's a holder. Uh, for example, Elliot Fry who kicked field goals at South Carolina and now in the NFL, when he's in Charleston, he'll text Coleman and say, "Hey, I got to work out the Citadel. I need to put on film for the, I think it was the Bengals at the time. Can you come out and hold for me? And so Coleman's like, hell yeah, you know, that's my opportunity to get my name out there too. But also they know they can trust him to hold because he's done it for every year. I mean, he won the field goal competition by like two field goals this year. But Gray ended up being our field goal kicker because we didn't have a holder who could be consistent. And that's what you need to kick consistent field goals. And so he's like, you know, when we were down in um, Florida, Jamie Cole, who runs Coles, told him, said, dude, when you go to camps this summer, you need to tell the special teams coach, hey, give me some reps at Holder. Because that's another, like you said, to piggyback on what you said, that's another way to sell them. You know, to get that travel squad, dude, to get on that team, you've got to show multiple looks. You've got to be an athlete. Yeah, for sure. And so you guys, um, you know, Again, you're talking about a lot of stuff that a lot of people don't know about. I'll be honest with you. There's y'all are talking. I'm just sitting here like, what, what, what is this? I mean, because I, I even punted a little bit in high school myself, and I held, and but I ain't never been told none of this stuff. So, again, this is very informational stuff for people that are listening. That's why we wanted to 
kind of close out, you know, the position episodes with this, the specialists, you know, just to, again, enlighten some people on some of this stuff because it's, there's three aspects of the football game. There's offense, defense, and there's special teams. So it's just as important as those other ones. So, you know, um, you know, we'll, we got one more question we'll kind of ask. It's kind of a fun one. We'll take a quick break. We're going to come back and do the last question and then let you guys have overtime. So you can either ask a question or talk about something you want to talk about or ask each other a question. That's kind of your time. So we'll take a quick break and we'll jump right back into it. Again, like, like I said before the break, these guys are definitely dropping some information here. So it's a lot that you guys hopefully will take. And, and if you take one thing away, that's kind of the goal here. Um, there's plenty of stuff that you can take away for sure. Um, but, you know, real quick, the last kind of question of the aired out segment is a, is a fun one. We've kind of asked every every positional person that we've talked to, we've asked them the question. So, uh, Coach Jones will let you go first in this one. And you already kind of coach a different position, so you can't use quarterbacks. So, here's the question. So, if you could have a free year to coach anything other than specialists and for you quarterbacks to, what would you decide to do? Um, this will be probably the only time you hear this. I would like to transition to a DFO role, the director of football operations. And um, fortunately and unfortunately, in my experience as a coach, I've been the head coach. I've been the special teams coordinator. I've coached every single position on the field. I've been the technology coordinator. I've been um, everything. I've been a straight coach before. I've, I've had to do it all. And that's just part of my journey. So, um, if I could be, I would love just to be the guy that keeps the structure going and to keep, um, to keep learning from other guys because you can walk around practice and just pick up something every single time, especially, you know, football in South Carolina is so much better than so many other places, right? And it's so competitive. So, if I was selfish there, but if I had to coach another position, I would love to coach the safeties. I think it's really hard to be a safety in today's game. Um, just because you're expected to be a DB, you're expected to be a linebacker, and then every now and then you're expected to make a play on special teams, right? So you get it in all three phases. Um, so, you know, a safeties coach um, might be, you know, the 180 from the, uh, the the quarterback over there, right, on the other side of the field. Um, but, you know, they there's a lot expected out of them, but I think that would be a fun position to coach, especially when you got a guy that knows football. But that would be that that'd probably be the year I like to take and coach something different. Absolutely. Coach Benton, what about you? As soon as I saw this question, I had one answer, D-line. I love the big nasties. I love those <laughs> There you kids. go. And, and, you know, I've recruited one uh, who's a superstar in the making, class of 25, on uh, James Allen, uh, uh, Hendricks, and I was like, dude, I want you to be the personal protector for punt, but I love what you're doing on D-line. I just, you know, I, maybe it's me being 5'6", 142, you know, I just – <laughs> yes, yeah, see, Coach Jones relates. I love the D-line, man. There's something about those guys. They just want to disrupt. And being a special teams coach, I like to create chaos. And that's what D-line does. And I just I feel so fired up being around those big monster dudes being around me. I love D-line. And that's where I would love. As a matter of fact, uh, when Coach Greer was saying you know, to us a couple years ago when he was at Oceanside, all right, guys, I know all you guys have aspirations of being a head coach. I really don't, but he's like, if you could coach one other area, what would you like to do? And I picked D-line every year, and I got stuck with quarterbacks with him, which if you coach quarterbacks with Chad Greer, you're not doing anything besides holding the clipboard. You know, <laughs> luckily, you know, we had Sam Hartman that year, but um, I love D-line. I really do, man. I love those kids. They just have that motor. 
And I, I really love that motor and that energy to just want to take someone's head off like every play. And they just, like I said, I call them the big nasties and I love my D line. I love those kids a lot. Um, I know if, if some of our uh, linebackers who see this later, it'll be like, coach, man, come on, man. But I just, I, I love D line. I love those kids. I love their size, their energy, their motor. They're wanting to get after it every play. They're wanting to cause chaos. And that's what I love. I love chaos. Yeah, you're talking Coach Fields' language now. He's over there smiling, so I see you over there, Coach Fields. <laughs> it's a it's a subculture. Y'all talk about subculture. Uh, there's a subculture with defensive line. I know. Of, I love that subculture, man. A lot I of want, crazies over I there, man. Every, I feed them every Thursday night. I for myself, I cook a big team meal and I feed our kids at James Allen the whole team every Thursday night. Um, out of my own pocket, and I've always, you know, encouraged the bigs to get the plates first. Yep, yep. <laughs> you number one in their hearts, right there for that. Yeah. I love those D line guys, man. You know, I want to, I want to return a punt, and I want them boys tackling behind the line of scrimmage so we can take one to the house. Mm -hmm. I just, I just, I love the D line kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, you know, uh, jumping into the overtime. So if you know people have been listening, overtime is for you guys. It's not scripted, so you guys can come up with a question or whatever you want to talk about. Got a couple minutes here to you know kind of shine yourself. So Coach Benton will let you start in the overtime segment. What you got for us? Um, again, you know, I think it, it, the biggest thing for a young coach, if if you're coaching special teams, don't look at it as I'm stuck with special teams. Look as an opportunity because here's the deal on special teams. Most of the time in high school football, you're going to have the receivers. You're going to have the, the starters, whether they be on kick return, punt return, the DBs. You're going to have a chance to work with all the kids. Get to know those kids, man. Help promote them. Um, you know, I was talking to Auburn special teams coach, Coach Burns, who just came over for Liberty, and he said, as a special teams coordinator in college, you only have a certain amount of guys that you're actively, like, really pursuing recruiting. So a lot of the other coaches lean on them to help them with the recruiting. Use that as an opportunity to get to know your guys in your team because, in a sense, you touch everybody. You touch offensive players. You touch defensive players. You're not just working with the kicker, long snapper, and punter and holder. You're really working with everybody, and it really gives you a chance to understand the game. You really get a chance to understand blocking schemes. You know, we use a bucket blocking scheme on punt because we do a spread punt. You know, we also have tight formations. It'll really give you a chance to really understand, A, all your kids on your team and all the aspects of each position. You know, whether it be blocking a punt, you got to learn what the, how to get off a rush. you got to learn, you know, how to beat a guy. you got to learn how to take a leverage. you got to learn how to disguise um, a blitz gap. If you're coming up, you know, I learned, I learned so much from Georgia. They block punts every year, and I learned so much from Coach Benedict and Coach Ray. And it's just like, you know, here, you know, they showed me over and over when they blocked the punt against Arkansas in the end zone. He was like, well, this is how we disguise it. And I'm like, well, you're working with the starting linebackers. And he goes, yeah, this is what we do here. All this stuff is funny because it all trickles down from years ago from Beamer Ball into special teams. And if you can disrupt a game, and Coach Burns can give you the stats, if you block a punt in a game, 81% of the time, you'll win that game. If you return a kickoff for a touchdown or a punt for a touchdown, it's something like almost 90% chance you're going to win that game. So learn the plays, learn your team, and then do a little bit of, do a little bit of rubbing your coach's elbow, man. Talk to them. 
be like, hey, coach, you know, I've watched 20 hours of film. I broke this down. I really think we can do this. And if the head coach believes in you and you show it to them on film, you know, you can do a couple clip, couple cut-ups, send them five plays. I, I DM all of our guys in our two deep special teams and say, here's what I see. Last year, we returned a couple kicks for – we returned several kicks for touchdowns, block punts for touchdowns, et cetera. Um, then the coach will actually believe in you, and, you know, you'll get – this is for young coaches. It's a way to work your way up. You know, the coach knows you, you're understanding the game. You're understanding the film. You understand the importance of how one play can turn momentum. And a lot of times, whether it be in high school all the way up to NFL, special teams will flip momentum in a game. And it's super important in a lot of high schools, especially in the, you know, the lot of the old school guys aren't big special teams guys. But I think, you know, with the influx of out-of-state coaches and some younger coaches in the state of South Carolina, I really think you can use it as a tool to show coach, you know what the heck you're talking about. Give me the dude. Let me make this play. And as soon as you make that play, man, guys high-fiving, fist bumping, like, all right, coach, you know, hey, you showed me that, now show me something else. It's a really a good opportunity to, A, showcase you as a coach, showcase your kids. You look at Alabama, they got five-star linebackers who are freshmen who aren't starting on defense, but they're playing on the kickoff team. And it's a way to sell your kids to play special teams, meaning the starters, and your good ballers instead of your scrubs or, you know, your JV call-ups because they want to give the starters a break. It's a really good opportunity to showcase, hey, I ran down there and knocked the ball out the 15-yard line, and we recovered it and scored a touchdown. That's a great marketing tool for them to get on recruiter radar. Yeah, Coach Jones, what about you, your overtime segment? Go ahead. Yeah, I would think, and Coach kind of got into it, I think you have to be ultimate relational coach. If you're not the ultimate relational coach as a special teams guy, um, you're not going to have guys that's going to want to fight for you and you're not going to have any depth. And, you know, I'm a dad during the week, but I'm a mama on Friday night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know, we, uh, we coach pretty tough Monday through Thursday. And I, I'm not talking about, you know, bipolar, Jacqueline and Hyde, but I'm just talking about, you know, sometimes you've got to dig deep and say, hey, man, I need you to do this. This is what I need you to do. And if you have no relationship with that guy, it ain't going to work. And that goes all the way through the coaches too. And if you work in a big program, Man, that's uh, guys. Don't be don't don't have an ego, man. Just go ask this coach. What do you think about this? What do you see in this player? So, like, a good nugget I found from Coach Ryan Thomas. He's now the head strength coach of uh, Woodruff, but he was at Spartanburg, and uh, we got to work together. I always, when I go through the film, and I know it takes extra time, and when you get in conference, it's not as bad because you see the multiple films back to back. I find – I look at every special team. I make every depth chart, every player, and I see two things. Does this guy play one special team, but does he play four special teams? Does he start on defense? Does he start on offense? And I see I, – I count up how many reps he has, okay? Yeah. And that's the guy they either really trust or have, they have very little depth in. So we're going to attack that guy if he has any kind of signs of – missed assignments or poor form or poor body language, right? We all watch that, right? And, um, you know, it's the same thing. You watch your offensive guy, you see a linebacker with his hands on their hips, guess where that ball's coming? <laughs> <laughs> right at him, right? So 
that's a that's a big thing that um and you know another thing we we talk about too is the puzzle piece so um if there's a position they shuffle at there was one team we played this year they shuffled seven weeks in a row a guy at that position so you could imagine guess where we're going to attack that week that one spot they just don't trust so it's very big that you find guys that you can trust not just to execute but just so the other the other side doesn't find where to come after you. You can disguise a lot of things by having a solid performance week in and week out. You know, just like Nick Saban says, it takes what it takes, boys. It takes yes. what it takes. So, luckily, I work I work for a program where all coaches are hands on deck, and Coach believes playing the best eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, early in the season, we do believe in getting as many guys as we can in on film to help us, to help them, to know where we're at. And then by the time we get to the big conference games, um, you know, we know who we are. But, man, you got to be the ultimate relational coach. You got to know you're going to coach one guy different than you coach the next guy. And we all as coaches, we don't like to do that, right? We just wish it was one standard. We show up and go home. That's called an assembly line, boys, and we're not in that kind of line of work. No. There's There's a science to it and there's an art to it, and we better lean on the art side, right? So, you know, just be relational and know know uh, who you can count on and know know how to push their buttons, man, right? You know. One thing to add, Coach, is uh, know the rules. South Carolina has some funky rules with special teams. Know the rules. I actually have them printed out, uh, uh, the special teams plays, and I have them laminated, and I keep them on my clipboard on the sideline because not a lot of refs in South Carolina really know the rules. And we've had challenged the rule during game before. And when I showed them the actual rule, I have a uh, two the actual hard copy rule book, but then they also printed out rules. Uh, for example, we played against South Florence. That game didn't go our way in the third round of playoffs because they had a wonderful quarterback who I love dearly. Man, he's a great kid. He's now uh, doing great things at South Carolina. But um, on their kickoff, they ran through the first line, literally running through them, so, and they like to pooch kick. And so we told our second line to call fair catch. Well, they did and got smacked. And so every possession, we're getting the ball at the opposite 45. Right. This is a 15-yard penalty. That's the kind of stuff you got to know the rules and you got to watch film. To see yeah, anybody can call fair catch. Anybody can call fair so catch. Now, there's a, there's a funky rule, young coaches out there, that's up for interpretation. Now, South Carolina on an onside kick, you can no longer spike the ball into the ground. And a lot of the refs didn't really know that rule because it's a funky rule on an onside. They can't spike it in the ground and pop it up because it assembles. It looks like uh, a pop-up ball that they could fair catch and they can get hit. So that's still interpreted as you can fair catch. Now, some refs have said, no, you can't fair catch that. Some said you can. That's still up for debate. And we've actually appealed it. And so I haven't gotten a full ruling on it, but really know the rules with special teams because it can make a difference. For example, you know, our guys were getting whacked at the 40-yard line, fair catching the ball on kickoff, and everybody's like going, what the heck? You know, and then the ref was like, oh, yeah, technically that is the rule, and we would get possession starting at the opposite 45 going in. So you got to know the rules on special teams. It's not a lot to learn, like, and you don't have to memorize them. Just print them out. Print them out and keep them on your clipboard. But it, it would behoove you to take the time to learn them just because there are some funky rules with special teams. Um, For example, a field goal. Um, Most people don't know this. For a field goal in South Carolina, they changed it to encourage field goal kicks. 
if you kick a field goal and you line up for a 50-yarder, and let's say your kicker on his best day with the win in his back might make a 50-yarder, but if it breaks the plane of the end zone, it's a touchback. That's right. And they get the ball at the 20-yard line, it's just as good as a freaking punt or a kickoff. So let the boy kick the ball. Let him kick the ball. You just got to get it off, but let him break the plane, and they get the ball at the 20-yard line if he doesn't make it. And so that's a rule that most people don't know in South Carolina, just as well as the free kick rule. If a team is back in their end zone and you're down a couple, two points, and they're kicking the ball from the back of their end zone, fair catch it. If you fair catch it within the hashes, you get a free kick to put it through the uprights for three points. And most people in South Carolina don't know that rule either. And so, so these are some, some funky things that you should learn. Just adds a little aspect in the game. You never know in a playoff game, man. You might be down two, and you, your defense has made a great stop. They're kicking from the back of the end zone. There's a few seconds left in the game. If you fair catch that ball at the 30 and it's inside and your kicker, they, they, it's an unopposed kick through the uprights for three points to win the game. So there's some, like I said, learn the rules. That will very benefit you in your future. And, you no, know, just to piggyback, I got two points to piggyback off of that. You know, you've seen the water bucket, you've seen the swinging gate, understanding that a snap has just got to be underhanded. Yeah, they can toss it sideways, underarm. So we have cheap plays we use all the time. You know, I got a, I've got a 6'4", 225 long snapper. When we line up in swinging gate, he can snap it straight to the quarterback and he can go out in the route because he's the last man on the line of scrimmage in an eligible number. So, you know, you, you definitely could be creative. And um, another thing that I think is because I've had the head coach um, experience and you play in such football, so competitive in South Carolina, man, no matter what level you're at, your pregame meeting with the officials is a prime time to say, Hey, this is what we do. This is what they do. This is legal. This is not legal. Can you clarify that? You don't want to plant a seed against you, but you definitely want to say, hey, you know, if we run a fake, is the holder's knee up or down? They got to look for that because somebody say, oh, his knee was down because that's what you naturally say and move his knees up. And, you know, I watch all the time, and Coach can attest to this. Coach Bennett can attest to this. Every week I see a kickoff where the guys are offsides. Yep. And it irks my high that my guys are now at a disadvantage at full speed. <laughs> and we already are at a disadvantage. So that is a great time. I spend 10 minutes every Sunday meeting with Coach Shaw and say, hey, these are the three things you need to bring up to the officials. Um, here's the three clips. Obviously, the referees can't watch the clips. But you you definitely have to go there and advocate for your side of the ball and what um, advantages you can seek because, um, you know, just like Bill Belichick, he's always pushing the rules, right? He's always pushing yep. it to the edge. You got to do that as a special teams guy because every advantage or advantage against you is, is very important. And just to clarify on, on the holder issue, we actually appealed that and got a final ruling. In South mm-hmm. Carolina, if your holder starts with a knee down, because I teach one with one knee down, one knee up, in a defensive mode in case there's a bad snap on a field goal, if they come up off that knee and get a high snap, and come down you have to kick the ball if they come up and catch the ball they can pitch it they can run it they can throw it but if they come up off that back knee and come back down on that back knee you have to kick the ball that was defined you know we we 
pushed it and showed film, and it, we finally got a final ruling on that. And I know that's a big question. Everybody's been asking about the holder situation. If the knee's down, they get the ball, they're down. Not necessarily, but if they come up off the knee and then come back down on the knee, then yes, they're down. You have to kick the ball. And that's a prime example. We just don't leave it up to officials. We just tell them. We yeah. tell our kickers to have two or three inches of cushion there off the ground, and we tell the officials before the game, hey, his knee's up. Yep. We, co we coach that up each week. So that's another – Probably nothing – nobody but me and Coach Benton's thinking about on a Thursday night. <laughs> Listen, y'all y'all thinking about a lot of stuff that ain't nobody thinking about, that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, kind of a time thing. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come out and close this thing out, okay, guys? You guys are doing awesome. The positional episode here, we're talking specialists here tonight. Uh, we've got Coach Sam Jones, Burns High School. Coach Eugene Benton, James Allen uh, High School as well. So these guys, again, we've, they've been dropping some stuff for us. Uh, some good stuff. I, I've definitely learned some things for sure. And, you know, I always go back and listen to these things myself just to see if I can pick up something else. So I'll have plenty to write down. Um, just real, real quick, guys, you know, appreciate you guys coming on here. Uh, you know, obviously took some time out of your, your evening and, you know, could have been doing some other stuff. Obviously got families and things like that. So, so took some time out to, to come and talk with us tonight. So just last little wrap up here. Coach, Coach Jones, you got any last little words before we close this thing out, man? Yeah, man, I appreciate you guys having us out. I like listening to the podcast. Guys, you know, there's just – you know, I'm only I'm only 32 years of age. I feel like I'm 45, but um, – <laughs> Oh, that hurt. <laughs> but, uh, I feel like you can really – you can really take um, – you, you can learn something every day in football, man, and I don't think that was possible when I first started. I don't – technology's had a big curve, and, and I don't think coaches were very uh, – very good at talking to each other about uh, what they do and how they do it. So just, just even from the special team standpoint, I think coach touched on it earlier. If you want to rise up in this profession, go find, go be a specialist. There's always a job for a specialist if you're good at it. And if you're not any good at it, you know, you need to, you need to really take a deep look about how much football you, you think, you know, football to your special teams guy and you got to be good at every facet of it. So, yeah. uh, but I really appreciate listening to coach and, I appreciate you guys having us on, and this has been a this has been a great experience. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Coach Ben. Last words, final thoughts before we close this thing out. Yeah. I just want to thank you guys for for having us on, man, and the time spent. I've learned a lot from Coach Jones tonight, man. Um, you know, one one final parting uh, remark I would give is, you know, for special teams coaches or guys, any coaches, man, a stopwatch only costs about six dollars off Amazon. You can learn a lot from a stopwatch. You can learn a lot from your kicker's hang time to the pop time on the snap to how long it takes for your defensive backs to get down there and cover a punt or a kickoff. Um, and also, too, you know, encourage your coach. You know, kids hate conditioning at the end of the day. One thing I love about what we do at the end of the day, most days, now some days coach wants to add a little conditioning at the end, is convince him and convince the guys. If you go full speed, if kickoff is your last session of the day, go full speed, run through the end zone, and show them that you're like still cutting it down because that's considered fourth quarter. You know, you know, maybe some of these coaches will cut some of the conditioning time, and that gives you some dudes who really want to bust it on special teams and give you full effort. So, like I said, get you a stopwatch, get in the film when you are scouting your team, time their punt time, time their pop time. It, you know, you might go to the defensive coordinator for your special teams coordinator and say, Look, man, this guy's throwing rainbows back there. I got a 2.4 second you know, pop time from snap to punt, I think we might can get back there and block one. 
you know, defense coordinator might say, shit, man, show me what you're talking about. You send him a couple clips and show him that time, dude's going to be like, hey, he knows what he's talking about. Again, that's part of the relationships. Build the relationships with the coaches by showing them you know what you're talking about. And all it takes is a few clips on film and a stopwatch from you can get from Amazon and go at it. Yeah, good stuff. So, Coach Coach Fields, anything before we close this thing out? No, man. Uh, learned a lot. Just sat back and listened today. It was great. Just listening to these guys and learning a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I guess my final thought before we close this bad boy out is a field goal gave me my, my favorite moment of the, the college football season when my Tennessee Volunteers finally beat Alabama <laughs> Crimson Tide with a field goal. So, I love you guys, I promise. <laughs> yeah, anyway, so, uh, yeah, appreciate it, guys. We'll go ahead and close this thing out. That is our, uh, our specialist positional episode. So I hope you guys learned something, and we will see you next time. See you.